You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSC has closed its doors for another day, so it's time for the five o'clock shadow. And on most Thursdays, it's the double-headed dream team edition with Viv Govender from Rand Swiss and David Shapiro from Sasfin Securities. And Viv, I haven't spoken to you for two weeks now. I spoke to David on Monday and we had a good chat on a very quiet day. But Viv, I haven't spoken to you for two weeks. What's been happening since then? There's been some inflation numbers and all sorts of speculation about interest rates. But otherwise, markets going sideways, I think. Well, yeah, to some extent, except for today, apparently, when the resource sector has gone crazy. Yeah, today, <laughs> but we'll come to so, that, yeah, but anyway. Yeah, but what, what surprised me yesterday with the, the inflation number from the U.S., which was 3.7, they expected 3.6. Uh, yes, we had core come down, but, I mean, inflation has basically pretty much not bottomed out and started to rise again, you know? Uh, remember, the target is not like three, it's two for the U.S. And so it makes you wonder just, like, what's going to be happening going forward, because, I mean, the Fed can't be cutting rates when or when basically inflation is not just higher than expected or higher than desired, but rising, you know? So, and yet the market didn't react at all to that. It was just quite, oh, another, another thing and then moved on. Okay, so it's as simple as that. The summer yep. is over in the Northern Hemisphere. We're going into autumn, but everything stays the same. And I like the fact, Viv, I'll stay with you. I like the fact that the market is staying the same and it's not, you know, ratcheting up 5% because everyone's relieved or coming down 5% because everyone's a little bit circumspect about where the next stimulus is coming from and politics and everything else. So I'm fairly sanguine about what's going on. Are you? Well, I mean, to a certain extent, but if you look at the market, it's it's not so much that it's calmed down. It just doesn't know where to go. Uh, if you look at where we are from basically, you know, start of July till now. So we're talking about you know, three, almost three months, basically. The market, the US, US market has basically been flat. You know, it, yes. it's kind of up a little down, but it's kind of been range bound. Uh, we have so many different factors out there in the world right now that is that are, that are uncertain. And that market is not so much calm, but doesn't know which way to go because it's unsure. <laughs> about the next you know, surprise is going to hit it. I think, David, um, as a US-centric investor, which you are, I think you must be looking forward to the rest of September because ARM is going to list and it is going to... We're waiting to... now. Are we waiting for the price now? It's I thought, actually, I thought uh, they set the price. Well, they've set the IPO price at 51. That's it. And the indications are that it's going to trade around about 58. But I haven't seen a sale going through at the moment, and I haven't seen any. I that that, that indicated that it would be at uh, ten twenty US time, which is Easter, you know, which which is twenty past four, and we're now at uh, after five. So I haven't seen anything going through yet. I don't know. I, I you know I don't know what the delays are and why these things. Uh, uh, you know, trade much later. I don't know whether they make a whole hoo ha, but it's Nasdaq. Nasdaq is not. Not like the old uh, open outcry markets where you know where you all gather around and uh, shout and punch each other and so on. So it's it's um, it's much more technical. If ever you've been to Nasdaq, I think it's nothing more than a small hall, you know, where they can't really fit a lot of people in. So. I don't know. I'm waiting. I'm, I've got my screens all set and I can't see anything. No, I can tell you something about listing on the NASDAQ because I have intimate knowledge of this thing, having been involved in a company that is hopefully going to be listed on the NASDAQ quite soon. It costs a lot of money and there's an awful lot of admin and bureaucracy that surrounds a listing. So, yeah, mm. anyway. And there's another company as well, David. I don't know. You're a healthy fellow. I don't know if you ever wear a German shoe called Birkenstock, which has got a sort yeah, of, of a... Cor- 
Yeah. Do you ever wear them? They're also listing this month. Absolutely. No, I've got them, and I do the the un what's it the unforgivable. I wear it with socks. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. It's actually quite trendy. <laughs> but but I, 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 I've got I've got my Birkenstocks. Yeah. Good. Yeah, they're, the they're, they're fine got, shoes. Yeah. They start to stink a little bit if you don't wear socks, but you wear socks, which is an entirely defensible. The other thing that is quite interesting, and and Viv, I'll bring you in on this one, is that. If these two are relatively successful, then there's lots of other companies waiting in the wings and they'll say, okay, we've now got the confidence to go into the market ourselves because it's been, there's been a dearth of listings on the NASDAQ over the last two years. I think it's been the worst for, oh gosh, in living memory. And if they do well, then people will say, okay, these people, these investment bankers, these fund managers are now ready to get back into the market. So I really hope that both of them are very successful. Viv, do you think that's a sort of catalyst for a market to take a next leg up? I think it it, it will be. Uh, I, I mean, you've got a lot of stuff on on the on the cards. I mean, like things like Stripe, for instance, would be very interesting uh, to see what an IPO price. I think ARM, to a certain extent, is is a bit of an unusual case uh, because you know right now it's coming out. It's riding on the wave of Nvidia. Uh, and people are kind of like, I think, associating the two as, you know, Nvidia has done this. ARM is also making chips, and therefore ARM can also maybe do that. Current valuation needs about like $50, $60 billion, uh, roughly 120th what NVIDIA is trading for at the moment. Uh, and so the market may be looking at it and thinking, you know, this is a particular case where, you know, there's something out here as an alternative, another alternative to uh, to NVIDIA that might give us, uh, you know, that kind of opportunity. So it might not be a clear indicator of what the market, you know, actual trajectory is. Uh, personally, on 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 the uh, ARM thing, I've looked into it. Uh, I think it's very dodgy as 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 a as a, as a, as a company at the moment. Uh, it's a reasonably good company. There's some aspects to it. Firstly, the prop, the the the, uh, the valuation I think is inflated. And the second thing is the stuff that they're doing in China is, is really, really scary. They seem to have gotten involved with some really dodgy people in China who are taking them for a ride. You know, th- th- this is literally from their IPO, right? Uh, the, the statement. Uh, they, they, they came out and said, uh, basically, they don't get paid on time. They don't know if they are being paid correctly because they can't see actually how much they should be paid. And the guys basically at uh, the Chinese arm may have taken or stolen some of their uh, trade secrets. <laughs> and it accounts for the, it's the second largest source of revenue for them. That is how scary it is. Okay. It's, Italy is weird. Okay. Yeah. What's it about? Twenty percent of the income. I can't. I haven't got it in front of me, but I have been looking into it. Um, yeah. I, you know, I was looking. Ah, oh, you know what happened? You're not going to believe this. What's happened? I had all the detail in a spreadsheet here and everything. And my dear granddaughter and her best friend uh, were hanging around here, and I do have a, a shredder, and they went and put that piece of paper into the <laughs> shredding machine. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but I was looking at the sales. I mean, sales did drop, but the forecast for sales uh, for revenue, you know, are certainly to increase over the next uh, couple of years. Um, I'm, I mean, for me, it's, it's an unknown. You know, it's very difficult when you haven't, had access to a company that's been on the market. I know they went off in 2016. Um, so I'm, I'm watching it with interest. Um, you know, I'm watching to see what happens once it's traded and for the reports to start coming out and uh, get a little bit of feel for, you know, for the business. I like where they're going. I like what they've done. And they're quite an important, uh, um, you know, piece of engineering for the whole, for the whole industry. So 
But, but you know, so I'm excited about that. And it's, as you say, Lindsay, I think we need something now. You know, we, mm. it's getting pretty dull. I was just, it's I very dull today. I said, I feel like I'm just biding time. That's all I'm doing, like watching old movies. You know, when you've got nothing to do, then you go watch repeats of movies that you've seen three or four times. Mm. And, uh, you know, you can, you can, you just watch these things happening and you just say, okay, well, this is going to get, get, this is going to get me through for the next couple of hours. That's how <laughs> I felt. You know, that's how I feel about the market. So I'm looking for energy, you know, I'm looking for something to just drive us a bit. Exactly. That's been the theme of my last week mm. or so. I'm so bored with this range-bound mm. stuff. I mean, it's a, don't get me wrong, it's better than the market falling. But on the other hand, I really need something to get my teeth into as a broadcaster. David, I will stay with you on this now because... Actually, no, I'm going to go to Viv now on this one. David, I'll come to you when it comes to yeah. the JSC movements today because the resources stocks have been extraordinary. Yeah. But Viv, process. I look at this and yeah. I just think... How many more times are they going to confuse people? <laughs> How many more times are they going to convolute this whole cross-holding business between Naspers and Process? Can they not just make it simple, please? I mean, Process down 55% yesterday. Someone looking at that, you say, why? What does it mean? What have I really got? What are my Naspers shares worth, etc.? Viv, do you not get a little bit, not infuriated, but a little bit despondent about this whole process? I've been despondent about the whole NASPERS, basically, a management team who made a great investment and lived off those proceeds for quite some time. And, and I mean, lived off that. Yes, you've had a great return as you know investors in NASPERS. But if you count just how much these guys have taken every single year off the growth of, of this company for their other side projects, for their running costs, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, they've really, really actually uh, gone after I mean, uh, shareholders, quite frankly, in terms of uh, you know, taking advantage of, of what was, it's, like, this is comparing what you did to SoftBank right now, okay? Uh, it's a similar example. I mean, SoftBank made an investment in Alibaba back in the day, right? A uh, few millions turning to multiple billions, just like with, uh, with uh, Tencent and uh, Naspers, right? And uh, Jules, uh, that guy, Masatoshi Son guy, went off and took money from the, I think, the Gulf states, you know, something like reached like 100 billion and effectively wasted it. Uh, you know, we work, even this case with Arm here, it was probably going to make him a bit of a profit, uh, was probably yeah. a, a bad decision. He has been an absolutely terrible investor, like a, re a remarkably bad destroyer of money who got lucky once. Uh, Naspers is not quite as bad, but those guys have also gotten lucky once and have shown no evidence that they can repeat that again. But they're paying themselves as if this is the business model that they can repeat, uh, which has been the issue with the Naspers for quite some time. I, I have to. I, I just have to interject for one second. Please do. Uh, and I've I've actually said this on many occasions. I've used this, but I once sat through uh, in Omaha uh, a talk by Michael Marks. Uh, sorry, Howard Marks. How Howard Marks. And uh, you know Howard Marks, uh, Viv. Um, he, I he, yeah, but... Distressed. Yeah, he he goes into distressed debt. He's uh, he's very highly regarded. You'd often see him. Uh, he, you know, he appears often in the media and uh, his letters are well read. He's, Buffett likes him very much, in fact. Uh, but anyway, what Howard said was so true. He said, you know, a lot of people make their reputations from getting things right once in a row. And, uh, you know, that's exactly with, that's exactly with, with, uh, you know, with, with Masa, what's he, Masayoshi's son who got yeah. uh, Alibaba right. 
And, uh, you know, um, as, as you say, with Naspers, where they got 10 cent right, and that's about it. So, yeah, a lot of people, you know, we know the people who might have gone short during the what's-the-name crisis, like Berry, Berry, and uh, you know, yeah. went short of the market, he found something, and now all of a sudden he's a guru. And everything he says, you know, people hang on to. And he, I don't think he's got anything right since. So, he did a, he, it was a few, like a month or two ago, I think he did a short. Uh, yeah, of course, about $1.6 billion short on the market, right? But yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's a bit mistaken because I think there is some evidence that he, that he only used to clear the short part and he maybe didn't clear the other half of a hedge or something. Oh, okay. And that could be it. But he's obviously being incredibly negative on the market quite some time. And when the market was about 4,000 or so, even below 4,000, he was talking about crashes and you know, on his little kind of mm. Twitter page or X page, kept on saying, you know, he had a, he has a weird Twitter page, by the way. He put stuff out and deleted. And so someone has to go and archive it for him. Uh, anyway, you look at the old archive stuff and you see like lots of stuff from when the market was like 3,900, 4,000. <laughs> yeah. But how like 2,000 some change? Yeah. 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 But yeah. anyway, they'll always remind you. They'll always say, you know, he called the market in 07, 08. You know, he went short or identified that the market was going to crash there. Yeah, well, that was anyway, 18 years ago. Uh, so, um, I, I, yeah. I think Vivas did right. You know, I, 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 th I have the same sentiments towards process and aspects, and uh, um, they're not going to repeat. They, you know, they're not going to repeat what they did. It would have been better if they would have just left it and gone off and exactly. done what they do. You know, opened up a farm down in the Cape and wine, you know, wine farms or whatever <laughs> else they do. Uh, and and uh, you know I think as you say they 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 destroy a lot of value. I don't think you're going to make money from all the other businesses. I don't think delivering pizzas or whatever it is 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 really a credible business that's going to uh, challenge uh, Tencent or any of the other big techs that they you know. Very well said. Yeah, I think they've overinvested in that. Uh, but anyway, that's just me. Okay, David, staying with you. A couple of shares on the JSC with results out today. First round and Metair both down. The first round down around about 3%. Metair, last time I looked down, about, around about 4%. First round down 3%. That's a big company. And that's quite a big loss for a big company. Well, I, I, I think this is, you know, I, it wasn't a surprise. They've come out with a trading update. So there's there's nothing um, that we didn't know. I didn't go through it in detail. I was I, I, I was occupied here, and and you know what I always look for is is what they say about uh, you know their, their impairments and what they say about what lies ahead. Yeah. I don't know if it went through it, but um, I, you know when I looked at the the broader results, just the the summary, I don't think there was anything surprising there. Maybe there's something in the detail that has that has knocked the market sideways. Um, generally, in fact, the, the top of the banks, First and Standard Bank and uh, Capitec are down, Apsis flat and Nedbank down as well. So it might be just that there's a bit of a sell-off in, 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 in the banking stocks. Just, just one thing, Lindsay, they did go um, – sorry, Standard Bank and Apsa went ex-dividend yesterday. Hmm. That was uh, part of the reason that they fell quite dramatically. But I don't know what the, what the backdrop is here you know, for this. Okay. I, I, yeah. I think I know. I think I know. I think that having eight hours of load shedding now and looking at our mining numbers and knowing that the receipts are not, you know, uh, um, revenue receipts are going to be down, I, I'm sure it's scaring quite a lot of people. But I don't know whether they've they've really, uh, you know, pushed that through to first round. 
Yeah, I got a call from my editor in, in Cape Town and she said to me very early this morning, she said, Lindsay, I've got hectic, as she calls it. She's a young woman. Hectic load shedding today. So please let me know yeah. when your podcasts are so I can schedule them. It's yeah. there again, isn't it? A, a Viv yeah. Schedule 6, I think. Or yeah. level so, 6. six, today. six yeah. yeah, stage 6 and, and threatening 7 because of whatever. But, but rather have you guys on here, just they're grouping in the, uh, the first round. You see, the first round had a, a little warning about half a billion or so in terms of impairments in Ghana, right? And I was just looking at, at, at West Africa. Uh, do you know Nigeria's grid collapsed today? No. Nigeria's uh, electricity grid collapsed today. Uh, so that is a major problem. Yeah. Uh, look, I mean, it's, it's not as bad as it, it would be here because they only have about half the country actually having regular electricity. So they've got ways around it, you know what I mean? But it's the, it's the largest economy in the, in the continent and it's been a total collapse. They say apparently it, it fell to zero megawatts, uh, you know, early today, apparently. Uh, and, and, and that's a threat we have in South Africa as well. I mean, six is not really six. If you look at six beats today in terms of hours versus what six meant initially. These are these six uh, level six is more hours now than it was initially. Number one, number two, between the, the time low started at right now, we've added I think a stage or two in terms of private uh, production in the country. Uh, just like you know, individuals with the, and companies etc. would like solar and all the other things, right? Uh, I saw a report. What is it? Yesterday, that about two hundred plus billion out of Kasila, zero electricity from it. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. Yeah. 200 plus billion, yeah. billion yeah. Right. Yeah. electricity from it. Uh, yeah, this is a major issue and it's getting worse. And I, you know, at some point in time, you, you, I, 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 okay, I believe it was corruption or whatever. But I mean, how corrupt do you have to be to let risk everything on this? I'm coming to the belief right now. It's not just corruption, that they've put people in charge that are so incompetent mm -hmm. that they are able, even if they weren't corrupt, to fix it. That's the problem. Yeah. Starts at the no. top, Viv. Where is Ramaphosa? I mean, if you were invested in a company and the company has a lot of problems from the board level right down to the lower levels of employment and employees, what do you say? Who's responsible? It's the CEO, isn't it? It's the chairman. It's the CEO. And yet Ramaphosa keeps on coming out on LinkedIn and saying, we've done so well here, we've done so well there. But it's just not working. And I find it offensive, actually, that he keeps on saying, well, we're doing OK, but they're not. And I'd, I, I have I, to I, lay, uh, lay the, the blame. Uh, I'll have to lay the yeah. blame at his feet, David. You know, do you know what? I was talking to Julieta last night, mm. and I don't want to steal her thunder, or I don't want to steal the thunder of the of, of the financial mail. But I think it's out already, or it's coming out, whatever it is. And they said they they cover story. They call it not a democracy, South Africa, an idiocracy. You know, an idiocracy. In other words. Believing that the people here just, you know, what could be more apt, people here are just exactly as uh, Viva said, just do not have the capacity to actually do things right. You know, just haven't got the brain power. I don't mean that in a, you know, I, I, I don't want to be too harsh, but I'm saying just cannot do anything right. And as I, I actually drove past Kasili last Thursday on the way home, and, uh, you know, just looked in there, saw this magnificent new building. Well, it looks like that. And you can't believe how long this has taken and the cost of it. And it's producing zero, nothing. I mean, how bad can it be? How bad can you know? No, I mean, I'll I, 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 I like to point something out here. I, I, you guys know I'm working on this venture capital thing with AI and stuff. And so one of the things I'm doing with that is working with some students of, okay, engineering, et cetera. 
And there is no lack of talent and brain power in this country. That's the thing. There is absolutely no lack of talent. There's absolutely no lack of brain power. These, these young guys are absolutely brilliant people. I mean, uh, it, and, you could, and, and you just talk to them for a little bit and you get the ideas of like uh, just the kind of the gap in like your know, mental power between you and them and how, how the stuff that you know at the technical level, et cetera. And the thing is that it's, it's a case of we have the people, but for some reason, the recruitment and the hiring processes at the SOEs and in government have just been totally wrong. And um, it, 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 it is a case of HR almost, and more than anything else, quite frankly. You get people who have been put in positions of power and positions of authority in this government and, and, in, and, in, and in the civil service, et cetera. And they get there through connections and through friends and through seniority. Whereas there's a whole, like, you know, uh, you crop of, of really, I mean, some of these guys are like genius level brain power. And yet, what they're going to do, they're going to go and work for Microsoft, they're going to work for Oracle, they're going to work for Facebook, etc. And they're going to click, they create a new button that you click on to basically make your, to show a like, or they're going to change the color of, you know, an icon or something and get paid, you know, $500,000 a year. And that is what that brain power is going to be used for. Unfortunately, because they're not going to see any future in South Africa and they're not going to see any ability to actually take their ability and really make a difference in this country because they're going to be blocked out by the people that are less competent than them. Yeah. Well put, Viv. Let's have a look at the spot markets now if we can. The dollar rand is close to 19, but uh, let's give the precise reading. 1897, and that's near 1% rally for the US dollar. The British pound against the rand is 23.56, which is a third of a percent up for for the pound. So the dollar is in the ascendancy. A euro rand is 20.25, which is a 0.2% gain for the European currency. Euro dollar is three quarters of a percent lower for the euro at 106.70. And the British pound against the US dollar is 124.20. On to commodities now. Gold price mm, with a strong dollar, 19.10, which is barely changed, actually. So it's a nice. relatively good performance. And the platinum price is up 12 to 9.12. And so why the platinum stocks have gone shooting through the roof today, we don't know, but we'll come to that in a moment. Palladium prices are flat. At twelve sixty-seven dollars per ounce. Yeah, this oil price is starting to worry me a little bit now because the the production cuts have really taken hold here. We've got Brent crude oil now at ninety-three dollars thirty-eight, up one and two thirds percent. West Texas crude is at ninety twenty-six. Gosh, I can't remember the last time it was above ninety, but anyway, up nearly two percent. What else have we got? Natural gas prices up one and three quarters. It's more or less green across the board. Coal prices up quarter, steel prices up 0.7%, and so it goes on. So some big things happening in the commodities markets. And again, I say we'll come to that when it comes to JSE listed resources stocks. Bitcoin, 26,700 and a bit, up 2%. S&P 500 futures, oh, yeah, they're doing all right. In fact, they're doing very well indeed. Up 0.7%, but still horribly range-bound. 45.50 trading now. US 10-year Treasury bond yield, 4.27%. And the South African 10-year bond, after yesterday's data, 10.44%. David, it's been a resources day. I'll come to the, the numbers in a moment. But what an extraordinary day. Isn't it like... You can't really see why, but somebody in London or wherever it is has said it, South African London, resources yeah. are too cheap. Let's buy the whole lot, and I'll come to the details well, in a I, moment. I, it wasn't it wasn't uh, necessarily South African resources because you got Anglo's, Billiton, Rio's, 
you know, Glencore, B, uh, BP, Shell, all of the resource stocks around that are, are, are stronger. But the, the standout today is, is uh, Anglo, you know, Anglo-American, up over 7.5%, yeah. and up 7.5% in the UK as well. So, you know, that's where – why, I don't know. I look at the volumes on the JSE, nothing extraordinary. In other words, still under 20 billion. So the orders didn't come here. We took the prices obviously from London. Yeah. Uh, there might have been some trade in the platinum shares, which were also quite strong. But um, it's it's Anglo's, Bulletin, Glencore, um, and and I'll go offshore as well and say Rio that are you know really uh, pushing up. Why I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't think there's anything. You you look at the you know look at the platinum price. You look at uh, other commodity prices. Nothing extraordinary. So, also, what's interesting is that, uh, you know, looking at the chart, yes, our market was better. It was creeping up uh, together with Europe. Europe was very strong now, believing that this is the end of the rates, um, uh, rates up uh, 25 points. That's why the euro came down. So, there's a belief that this is the end. But um, from 4.30 our time, you know, in the last half an hour, uh, our market spiked. Um, so although it was up, uh, I think probably just under a percent, you know, we did close up one and a half percent with a big spike in the last half hour of trade. So, uh, I would imagine, you know, that taking its lead there from, uh, you know, from the UK. Okay. So I don't know where the story is. <laughs> I, I think somebody just, I think some going into Google or somewhere like this and trying to find out no, what, no. The big, you know, what the big story there's, is. There's no, oh, oh, no. oh, Viv's got the story. Away you go, Viv. No, all I could see was a JP Morgan upgrade for most of these miners oh, okay. uh, that came through. Uh, but I mean, I don't know who loves JP Morgan that much to basically follow things <laughs> up as high as this. Who does? But also, yeah. I, think, I, I think a case is to be made as well is these things have been down quite dramatically over the last six months or so. Wow. And so people are thinking maybe this is a time to get some stuff in. I mean, even look at the Impala, yeah, up 7% today. But over the last you know, couple of months, yeah, it's still down. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, we're looking at a, a, a sector that has been beaten down quite badly, and so maybe people were just looking at market hunting, and this became the the reason to market hunt. Uh, but you were talking about the oil price here. Did you guys see retail sales from the US today? Mm-hmm. No, go mm-hmm. on. Yes, uh, better than expected. But why? Why was it better than expected? Because <laughs> of gasoline. <laughs> gasoline prices. Yeah. yeah. You tell me inflation is not coming back to the US <laughs> when the rise in retail sales was because the petrol was too expensive. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. This, 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 you know, just on the platinum, I read an article mm. today as well from Dave Mackay. Uh, it's quite an extensive article, and I didn't come back with a very strong feeling about where platinum's going. Uh, particularly rhodium. You know, that's been the result. That's been the the reason. Uh, apparently, a Chinese uh, what's it? A glass manufacturer just. Uh, put a huge amount on the market, which I think knocked the rhodium price. I don't know enough about the rhodium market to, to really comment with great authority. But rhodium has come down dramatically. Palladium has come down dramatically. And platinum is going nowhere. But, um, but, but, I, but if you read the article, I think it took a lot of our producers by surprise, whether it was Impala, uh, Royal Buffer King, um, sorry, Northern. And, uh, I, you know, I was looking for the brights, you know, well, what's happening from here? Where's it going to go? And I, I still think there's a feeling that things are not going to be, you know, that easy as, first of all, the one thing that I also have found out is a huge amount of money is a huge amount of uh, platinum 
uh, is recycled. In other words, from mm. uh, you know f- from the old auto catalyst, etc., a massive amount, and then you've got this this for whatever reason this huge move towards electric vehicles. You know whether it can really influence. If you speak to someone like like uh, um, Wayne McCurry, you know he'll tell you how many more cars are going to keep staying on the road. But it's still a trend, you know, and with the recycling and um, of platinum and that. I don't, you know, I didn't get a feeling of great enthusiasm or encouragement for the platinum price. So, just just treat with caution, I think. Okay, well, I just Maybe think that. I just think that uh, apart from the J.P. Morgan story, I just think people say, okay, it's been coming down precipitously. Yeah. The, the PGM sector on the JSE Securities Exchange and globally, and they just say, right, this is it. And this is the sort of day where, okay, it's not going to spike up. The bottom has been put in, in my opinion. And again, this is not a recommendation for me. But I tell you what, if this thing comes down again, and if you're a long-term investor, a value investor, I'll be having a look at these PGM stocks because something is going on. And on that note, the top performer in the JSE today of the big stocks, Impala Platinum, 9.1% higher. <laughs> it's, a, it's a monster off a low base, of course. Kumba Iron Ore up 8.4%. Sabania Stillwater, nearly 8% higher. Anglo-American PLC, 7.6% to the good. And Northern Platinum up 6 and a... On the downside, Carew down 3.7. First round, we spoke about them, 3.2% in the red. Italtal down 2.6. And Clicks down 1.9%. David, the JSC closing indices, please. And a little bit of live Wall Street, if you've got it. Yeah, we're up 1.43%. It's 74354. That's a big move. And as you say, but it was a big move down yesterday, so it's just redressing the balance here. It was down a 1%. Yeah, so there's. We're probably between the two days. We're up about a half a percent. Mm. The resource index up over five percent, five point three percent, with uh, base metals, with the precious metals up uh, very strongly. So, uh, but it's it's uh, in fact it isn't. It's actually the diversifiers that actually led the way. So strong, strong commodity market. Um, banks down one and a half percent, and that's on first rand. I think I, I, I'm going to go through their numbers later. But I see the impairments were up about uh, 50%, you know. So I'm, I'm not sure it's around that because the, re- the results were pretty decently in line with uh, what had been signaled. So banks down 1.5%. Broadly, financials flat. That means that the insurers just balanced that out. And um, on our industrial index, up three quarters of a percent. I think uh, generally, you know, across the board, things were, were better. Um, I'm trying to see... You, I can't find any major performers in the, um, in, in the in the sorry in the industrial side, but I will go to the Wall Street at the moment. I'll Thank go you. to. Uh, well, I've got the S and P while you're fiddling around. Yeah, up up the uh, two thirds of a percent for the S and P futures. What have you got on the Nasdaq? Well, well, the spot is forty four nine six, so that's just under that far. Nasdaq up uh, three quarters of a percent, thirty nine one five. And I'm still waiting for ARM. It's not trading. You keep waiting, David. I don't know David. why. I don't know. Well, I hope it hurries up because I know you go to bed at half past seven. I know. I go as well. And the worst <laughs> thing is that besides the boredom, and it wasn't so boring after looking at the worst thing is that the rugby matches are coming on. Oh, it's typical of uh, the, the group stages. We're going to have to watch France play 
Uruguay. I have no idea. I never thought that Uruguay had a team. But anyway, maybe those who can't make the Argentinian oh. <laughs> team go across to Uruguay. But <laughs> you don't know about the Uruguay rugby team. Yeah. <laughs> the rugby here. <laughs> you, I mean, you don't know about the Uruguay I mean, <laughs> Uh, they were they were the team what they that were that were the, the plane crash remember? Oh yes, that's right. The Euro were yeah. <laughs> what what happened? Did they have to eat each other or something? What happened there? Exactly. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That was the, I think that I think it was the was it, it was a, it was uh, a Uruguay uh, rugby team. I don't know if it was the national team, but it was the Uruguay rugby team. I oh, it was God. chilly, but anyway, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Viv, we were talking about this, David and I, on Monday. And seven weeks for the Rugby World Cup. Seven oh, weeks. Yeah. There's a there's a one-week break between the Springboks playing against Scotland and their next game, which is against whoever it is. Which is also going to be a thrilling game. I know. Game. Why? They why? over 82. These are elite athletes, for goodness yeah. sake. Three or four days um, break, that's fine. A um, week break? No. I'm, I'm, I think it's, I think, I think it's overblown. Remember, you have to tolerate yeah, uh-huh. it's, it's rugby. Remember, it's rugby. You can't, you can't. It's not like soccer. These guys can't go out and, and do it in like three days or whatever. Again, it's it's a different kind of sport. You I mean these, the injuries would be too crazy? I think. Uh, you know, they're all in the thirties, hey? All these heavyweight rugby players, they're very few youngsters in their twenties. These are, you know, I think I think Kenan Moody is the youngest at twenty, but the next one up is twenty six, twenty seven. They've all been around. So the, the the pack is in their thirties, you know, thirty five, thirty six. None of them are young, so these are not spring chickens. What do so, you mean? Uh, I mean, I don't know how old you are, David, and I won't reveal no, it. But I'm I mean, for a I mean, in the in the thirties, I mean, they're, they're supremely fit, elite yeah, athletes. Yeah. You don't have to wait a week. I'm no, sorry, seven know. weeks is just mm-hmm. far too much. It's no, stringing it out. The, uh, it bores me now. What gets me are the adverts, you know, because you have to suffer. If you're watching any kind of sport, you have to watch these uh, Springbuck sponsored and these poor athletes who I admire. I mean, team are really, and they all have to act, you know, I don't know, to get sponsorship. And you see, I say, how can you sell yourself out like that? You know, <laughs> sports betting booze of these poor Springbucks being uh, exploited. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, they're going to win the whole thing. We know that. They're, uh, they're unbelievable. They're terrifyingly good. They're going to win. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your time this evening. That was the 5 o'clock shadow doubleheader Dream Team Edition with David Shapiro <laughs> from Sassoon Securities and Viv Govender from Rand Swiss. And the gentleman will be back with me next Thursday. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.